Welcome to the Life Church of Kansas City podcast. Please consider following, sharing, and supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com. May you be blessed by the Word of God. Reading to you from the book of Matthew, chapter number 16, verses 13 through 19. Today's message is prevailing over hell with revelation and keys. Prevailing over hell with revelation and keys. The Bible says, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? And so they answered, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Amen. Prevailing over hell with revelation and keys. Father, I pray for somebody right now that feels like they're up against something big, Lord. They feel like hell is all around them, Lord. And God, it can be discouraging and overwhelming, but your word says that when hell comes against the church, a saint of the living God, hell cannot prevail. And I pray, Lord, amen, as Samson took up the gates of Gaza and carried them, Lord, that the same gates of hell would be carried, amen, and thrown out in the trash today. I pray for peace to come upon your people in this season of 40 days of fire. In Jesus' name I pray. God bless you, amen. Please be seated. I've been trying to do New Year's resolutions, and I'm sticking with them. It's going pretty well for me. Usually I'm about done with it on January 3rd, but we've been staying with it, praise the Lord. God's helping me. I've never been one to really try to map out my entire year, because after all, you never know what the year may bring. But I was praying to God over the holidays, and I said, Lord, what is to come of 2022? Do you have a word for me? What can I expect? What can I see happen? And as clear as day, the Lord spoke to me in the audible thought of my mind. He gave me a word. He said, prevail. He said, prevail. And for several weeks now, I've been praying about this, fasting about this, interceding about this, searching this out. And I've come to the conclusion what God is saying to this church, to our staff, to all the members, to everybody that calls the Life Church their church, that what is going to happen is this church shall prove to be more powerful and victorious over the opposition and the opposing forces of darkness that are against us. And not only that, but prevailing will be that our influence shall be even more widespread in this city, in this country, in this world for our time. And not only that, but we will prevail with the lost. We will persuade lost sinners 
to obey the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I've come to tell you like pastor has already been preaching and already been teaching that yes, we are the life church and yes, we are apostolic. We're oneness, we're Pentecostal, but it didn't just stop there for us, but you and I are the New Testament church. You and I are a part of something, amen, that began a little over a hundred years ago when these people, amen, in sawdust covered floors and out in the woods in various places when they would meet and get together, they said, we're tired of just plain and simple organized religion. We're tired of the routines and nothing wrong with that. But you know this, in a lot of those religious practices, God seems to get lost in all of that. They said, we're putting all that away and you know what, we're just gonna pray and we're gonna talk to the Lord and we're gonna give the spirit freedom to do whatever it wants to do. And can you imagine when man stepped out of the way and let God take control, that's when people, amen, that were stricken with polio were healed. People that were stricken with smallpox and tuberculosis and having no hope at all back then in that time in the late 1800s and the early 1900s. It was a praying church that said if it happened in the Bible, it could happen here nowadays. And people would come into the church that were on their deathbed. A death sentence was given to them. But they walked out of that church healed by the power of the living God. Hallelujah. And that is what we want to be. A New Testament church, amen, that not only greets each other and loves each other and bears each other's burdens, but it's a church, amen, that's not afraid to get a hold of God to see the supernatural happen in this day and time. Praise the Lord. I'm telling you, we serve a God that wants to bless us, a God that wants to do something good for us. You know, Jesus came preaching and teaching something that we call gospel. Gospel is a Greek word and it simply means the good news. It means something good. He didn't come to give us bad news. He didn't come to give us distressing news. Any news source that you read nowadays, I don't care what it is, and I watch it and read it just like all of you, but it's hard to find any good news nowadays. Yes, it can be really interesting. Yes, it can be very informative. But nowadays in this earth, there is no good news. You know why? Because this world has been judged and this world has been condemned. And Jesus Christ came preaching and teaching, you don't have to be condemned with it. You don't have to be in darkness with it. But he came to set up something separate and that was the kingdom of heaven here upon this earth, amen. What goes on in heaven, Jesus came to show us that that's same thing can happen here on the earth. Is there any death in heaven? No. Is there any sickness in heaven? No. Is there any despair in heaven? No. Is there any fear in heaven? No. Is there any anxiety in heaven? No. But there is nothing but continual, everlasting to everlasting joy in heaven. There's everlasting peace in heaven. There's nothing but hope in heaven. That's why when you come to the live church, amen, for worship on Sundays and Wednesdays and during revivals, amen, you feel like you're caught away way into something. You want to know where you are? You're in the presence of a heavenly Jesus. Hallelujah. The kingdom of heaven is our hope. And Jesus in this passage is teaching us, his disciples, about some of the opposition and how you and I would overcome the enemies against the kingdom of heaven. Jesus took his followers to a region called Caesarea Philippi. If you have in the back of your Bible, some of them have it and have Bible maps. It's neat to kind of go back there and look at that. 
Caesarea Philippi was an ancient city located about 25 miles north of Israel. It was a pagan city, a very wicked city. Some of us that have been to Israel have gone there and seen the remains of that city to this day. And what it was, it was a town of several thousand people and they lived on a plain, but it was right up next to a large rock mountain. Sometimes they called things like that mountains back then. Sometimes they just simply called it a large rock. And they were pagan people. And what they did was they carved out little cubby holes, little cabinet areas all throughout the mountain, and they put their idols, their foreign gods, into that, into those cubby holes. They called that place the Rock of the Gods. And to this day, you can still look and see some of the remains of the idols that they worshiped there at that rock, the Rock of the Gods in Caesarea Philippi. Not only that, but at the bottom of that cliff, the bottom of that rock flowing out into the city was a large cave spring, a massive, massive gush overflowing of water flowed out of the bottom of that rock and came into the city. And what the pagans believed, not to get too deep into it, but what they believed was all of the gods and the idols that they worshiped, their gods would go down into the mouth of that cave, down into that water during the winter time to spend the winter and then would come out of it in the springtime. They believed that was the access point between their world and the underworld. They called it Hades or Hades, or here in Kansas City, Hades, right? But because it's commonly translated, I'm going to say hell and not Hades, the rest of this message. But they believe that is where the gods could transport themselves from down into hell up into their world, and they called that place the gates of hell. They believed that that water yes, would give them water to drink. They could water their plants. It was their life-giving force. But they believed that the power of that life force of water that came up on the underworld was given to them by the powers of hell, the underworld. And so what they would do to their gods is they would sacrifice their animals, their offspring, anything that they could find and throw it there down into this cave spring in hopes for a good crop that year in hopes the gods would protect them from sickness, in hopes that the gods would protect them during time of war and opposition. And according to historians, many tried to swim down to the bottom of that cave spring, but no man ever could. So what they believe is if their sacrifice sunk down to the bottom of that cave spring and never came back up, they believed that their gods accepted their sacrifice. But more often than not, according to history, whenever they would put a sacrifice in their water, just a few minutes later, that sacrifice would come up out of the gates of hell. And they were superstitious and believed that their gods could not accept their sacrifice. They lived in fear and in superstition that the gods that they worshiped were constantly angry with them that their gods could never be pleased, that their wrath could never be satisfied, and their lust and their hunger for things immoral could never be craved, so they would do rituals and all types of things that are unspeakable for their gods. You think about this. Jesus woke up his disciples one morning and said, hey, let's go to Caesarea Philippi. It's time for you guys to know exactly who I am. What a strange place for Jesus to ask his followers who am I? Can I tell you this, that God has been using a lot of what is going on in the world to talk to people. 
Because yes, you can learn a lot from God when things are good, but let me tell you what, it'll really change your perspective when you see how bad things are getting. How wicked things are getting. And we're getting newer guests in this church that are coming into church saying, I don't know exactly what you believe. I don't know how you do it. All I know is what I see here is what I want to be and what I become because there is no hope out there. Can you imagine that? They're standing in front of a pagan city. The men and women doing despicable things to worship their gods. They're there believing that the entrance to hell is right there in that city. You know, there's been a lot of debates about this passage, what the people, what Jesus was really talking about. You know, some say that Jesus is the rock there. Now, of course he is. He's the rock of all ages, amen. He was the rock, amen, that followed Israel in the wilderness and gave them drink, hallelujah, amen. He is our foundation. He is all of those things. And you know, some people teach Peter was the rock there. After all, he's the first one to preach the message of salvation. And I think the answer to all of those more often than not is yes, both. It means all of those things. But what I think is really going on here is Jesus is using this city as an object lesson to his disciples regarding the opposition and the powers of hell they would have to face. While they looked at this city, he said to them, you see this great rock, you see these gods, you see this cave spring. And he said to them, upon this rock, I am going to build my church. And the gates of hell are not going to prevail against it. And it is in those moments when the Lord first reveals exactly what he is going to establish, the church of the living God, and that it's going to be greater and more powerful than any other force that had ever been seen in the world. All of a sudden, the wheels started spinning in the disciples' heads. And he said to them, who do people say that I am? And some said, you're like Elijah, you're like Jeremiah. Some said, you're one of the prophets raised from the dead. But it was Peter who said, I'm not just going to think about what other people are saying. I'm not just going to decide for God based upon what others have spoken about. But I'm going to go off my own revelation and what I'm feeling here. And for the first time, he blurts it out and he says, Jesus, you are Messiah. You are the Christ. And you're not just a human being, but you came from heaven itself. You are the son of God. You think about that in the most unusual of places, in the most unusual of circumstances, the light bulb came on and the revelation came to him. Can I tell you this? I've heard of people that have figured out who God was in a bar and never went back to it. There have been people, amen, that were about to be in the middle of a drug deal, but God stopped them right there, and they never went back to it. There were some, amen, their family was falling apart. In the midst of all of that chaos, God revealed exactly who he was. Can I tell you this? You can learn so much about God in dark times and in times of problems, amen. God wants to reveal himself in your lowest of moments, amen. And maybe there's somebody here today, you've been battling with this oneness doctrine. Could it be today, amen? You walk out of this door never confused again, but you know of a surety that God is one and his name is the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, this world has so many ideas about who Jesus is. I was reading the writings of somebody who is a Christian lately. It's becoming popular doctrine amongst the cool pastors. You know what they're saying? And you know what? I think I'm pretty cool, by the way, up here in my suit and tie, by the way. You know, who do they to think is cool? 
I don't need a mohawk and a bunch of earrings and tattoos. I can have a nice conservative Pentecostal suit up here and be the coolest preacher out there. You know what they're saying? They're now saying, up there drinking their whiskey and their cigars, up there saying that Jesus was nothing but a myth. He was just a little fictional story and we're just here to celebrate the documents and be hippies in 2022 and all of these things like that and they're singing and moving back around, back and forth and I'm glad they're having a good time for whatever they wanna do. But you know what my Bible says? That Jesus Christ was real and that he really came. I'm sorry, a myth can't take away sins. I'm sorry, a myth cannot heal sickness. I'm sorry, a myth cannot fight the devil. Oh no, but Jesus is so real. We've seen too much and we've experienced too much to not know that Jesus is real and healing didn't come in the name of the Father, Son, and Spirit and miracles didn't come in the name of the Father, Son, and Spirit and forgiveness of sin and the casting out of devils didn't come in the name of the Father, Son, and Spirit but it came only through the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You want to know why we've got power here? It's because there are people with the revelation of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ here in this place. Can you clap your hands unto the Lord? When you have the revelation of who Jesus is, hell has a hard time fighting you. They have a hard time coming against the people of the name. You want to know why? Because Jesus' name is greater than any name. Give it among men whereby we must be saved. A name that is the greatest even in heaven and even down here upon this earth. And when you believe in him and you've obeyed his covenants, no longer is just God here, no longer is just God there, but God is here. He's everywhere around you. You've got a hedge of protection around you. Amen. You are a force to be reckoned with against the forces of darkness. I've come to tell somebody who feels like quitting and feels like giving up and feel like hell is winning in your life. Our Lord and our Bible said that the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church. I'm telling you the name of Jesus is so powerful and the revelation of his name and his blood and his eternal Godhead is so powerful. Amen. Don't ever feel like it's just simply something to talk about in class or just simply to read about in a book. Oh no, the revelation of the oneness is something we live by. It is something we walk by. It is something we breathe by. It is something we live by. It's everything to us. It's the greatest revelation. Amen. For the world to ever know and it's going to become and sweeping more across this world. The message of the mighty God in Christ. Can you say amen? amen? Praise God. You think about this. Jesus said upon this rock, I am going to build my church. Notice he didn't just say, I'm going to build it at the bottom of it. I'm going to build it down there where the devil is. I'm going to build it down there in the lowest place of where he is at. Oh, no. And Jesus didn't say, I'm going to build my church right in the midst of all of these gods. I'm going to have all the Caesarea Philippi people dig me out a little hole in that rock and put me a little statue right there. Oh, no. He said, you know where I'm going? Above that rock. I'm going to put you, this church, for all generations above all of these things, above all of the powers of darkness, above all the powers of hell. I'm going to put you above and not beneath. I'm going to make you the head and not the tail. My friends, I'm talking to you about the power of an unstoppable kingdom, a power of an immovable unshakable force that we call the church of the living God. 
It's amazing that Christianity is still here. It's amazing, amen, that the spirit-filled people are still here. You know what we've been up against? Study Christian history. The persecution that we faced. The plagues that happened in the earth. The corruption that happened in the earth. But can I tell you this? The reason why it lasted is because Jesus never broke his promise. He said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. And the power, amen, of the church is still here. That's why you feel safe in this place. That's why you feel like you've got weapons with you. Now, I'm not talking about some of the natural weapons that we like here around Kansas City. Those are fine. God bless you. But I'm talking about the name that's right there. The blood that's right there. The power, amen, of a praying church that'll get you through. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. I'll tell you what, I remember a few years ago, it was during passing the mantle. And for several years, I was developing acute pain in my side. I went to a doctor, couldn't figure out what it was. And during passing the mantle, that horrible, sickening pain came upon me. Didn't know what it was. And I was laying in bed that morning. I, I couldn't get up. And I'm one of those guys, if I got a headache, I'm not going to let it stop me. I don't really check the weather much. I just get up and deal with it no matter what. Pain, weather, doesn't matter. But I was sick and I didn't feel good. And I was laying there and I thought, I want to come to passing the mantle so bad. I want to be in church this last service so bad. Oh, Jesus, touch me. And it was difficult to pray, you know, doubled over in pain. You know, sometimes you think you're a real man until you get pain in your side. My goodness, huh? And it was about 11.30. I was laying there in bed and I felt a wind come into my room. And it wasn't just a wind that came by like this, but it was a wind that kind of like had a tornado effect to it. It swirled above me. I could feel that wind. Open my eyes. The fan wasn't on. Air wasn't on. Nothing was on. But this wind hovered over me for about a minute. And in one minute's time, that acute, horrible pain, doubled over in pain, began to leave my body. And I've never had that pain ever since then. And who knows what it was? Only God knows. But one thing I do know, that it was the church of the living God at that moment. I got a text message from my wife, and she said, the church just prayed for you. How you feel it? I texted her back. I said, the pain is gone. You know what I did? I got him on my suit and tie and drove as fast as I could over here and heard Brother Stone King preach and had a move of God in that altar call because a church got a hold of God for me. A church prayed for me. Can I tell you this? I can't survive without my church. I can't make it without my church. That's why when the doors are open, I'm here. Amen. When the church prays, I pray. When the church fasts, I fast. When the church gives, I give because I want to be a part of this thing that hell can never take down. Hallelujah. Maybe you're fighting hell because you know you're not really a part of this church. You say, I don't have to believe that. I don't have to be a part of that. I can do whatever I want. Well, that's true and that's fine and we'll love you anyhow, but you really want to be a part of the church and have the power that's inside of it. Amen. You've got to believe the doctrine that we have. You've got to live by what we live by. You've got to be the church of the living God. And when you do it, watch your life all of a sudden be put back together. Amen. Watch all of the sorrow leaves. Watch all of the guilt and shame leave. You want to know why? Because you are going to become agreement and in unity and truly a part of the body of Christ, this unstoppable force, amen, that the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. Can you say amen? 
Amen. If the musicians would please come. Praise God. The gates of hell are real. It wasn't just there in Caesarea Philippi, but the gates of hell are everywhere. It really is any place, any place, any point of influence for the devil, for demons, his followers, any opposition that comes against the church of the living God. It is here, it is everywhere. And we've already talked about one of them that is here right now. And that is the spirit of war against the unborn. It's here right now, just like the apostles faced it. That New Testament church, when they went into cities, Paul, Barnabas, other apostles would go into cities that were overtaken in idolatry. They were overtaken in crime. They were overtaken in political corruption. And they didn't just look at that city and say, we can't do it. We can't build a church here. We can't teach here. The people are too wicked. Oh no, they believed exactly what Jesus said and that his church is not beneath them. The church is not intermingled with them, but the church is something that is high above them. And they preached to the pagan people, the Gentile people, this Jesus. And they saw a man, their sicknesses leave their body. They saw the demons that troubled their minds leave them. They saw so much that they went home. And the Bible says in Ephesus that they threw out a lot of their books and a lot of their sinful material and repented unto the Lord. The people were burning their idols. The people were running away from their false gods and coming to the Lord Jesus Christ. And even, amen, put the city in an uproar, but the church even survived that. I tell you this, when you look at Kansas City, it's a beautiful city and great things are happening in this town. But you look around and this youth generation knows it. They're dealing with things and seeing things that we've never seen before. And it's shocking to us because our culture has shifted quite a bit from traditional American Christianity to becoming a godless world. Is it something that we should walk away from? Is it something that we should separate from and have nothing to do with it? Oh no, Jesus said that everywhere you go, you're going to find gateways from hell into the world. And he said, those gates will not bring you down. Those gates will not destroy you. They will not destroy your family. They will not destroy the church. And anybody who believes this message and wants to leave it, amen, the gates of hell has no power over them either. Can you say praise the Lord? You and I are going to see it this year. Celebrate Recovery is going to be a part of it. There are going to be people here, alcoholics come in who have tried for years to quit alcohol and done everything they can, but their body cannot get over the habit. You know what's going to change them? The love of the Lord Jesus Christ is going to change them. Hallelujah. You think about this families that are barely holding it together because dad can't quit drinking. Amen. I'm here to tell a father, amen, that may be struggling with today. God loves the alcoholic. He loves the alcoholic. He's always loved the alcoholic. And his grace and mercy is here to help you to overcome that and to repent of that. You know why? Because when you step into the church, the gate of hell called alcohol cannot bring you down. Amen. But you will prevail against it. The drugs with perversion, with fear, with anxiety. These gates of hell that have come against this generation, amen, it will not prevail against the church of the living God. Can you say praise the Lord? 
I was out front before service and two people came by and told me testimonies this morning. First man in this church come up to me and he said, Brother Justin, almost with tears gushing out of his eyes, he said, I finally got a job. He said, I've been unemployed for 14 months. A lot of my past before Christ has caught up with me and it's been very difficult, but I got a job. I'm making good hours. I'm able to provide for my family. I haven't been able to have steady work for 14 months, but through the grace and the mercy of the Lord, I've got a job. The gates of hell is trying to come against the economy of America. The gates of hell is trying to break down the prosperity that God has blessed this land with. But I'm here to tell the gates of hell, amen, you're not going to win, amen, because America has a destiny upon it that you can not fight. So when you feel like God has forsaken you, hold on, my friend, the gates of hell are going to fall down and that promotion is coming your way. Amen. That blessing is coming your way. That house or that property or whatever you've been trying to sell, it is going to sell at the right time and you're going to make more money, amen, trusting God than you ever could by trusting this world. I'm telling you, God wants to bless and provide, amen. The gates of hell, of poverty, amen, and all of these things that are trying to destroy our lives, they're not going to prevail. I say to you, businessman, you are going to prosper and clients are going to come your way. Hallelujah. Is there anybody that believes that right now? Could anybody use a blessing? Amen. In 2022. Hallelujah. Had another sister come up to me who has been taking her prayer life to a whole new level this year. And she said, for a long time now, I've been praying by my bed. It's a good place to pray, by the way. She said, but I've been really wanting to pray in the closet like Jesus taught. I really want to get into a place where I'm not worried about anything and it's just me in that room. I really feel like I could have my focus and my consecration there. But she said, every time I would get into that closet, I felt nothing but fear. I felt nothing but despair. And I'm sure she thought it was just her. You know, it's a dark place. But after this happening over and over, she realized that I feel liberty to pray everywhere in my house except this closet. And I don't know exactly what's going on, but I'm going to pray against it. And she got in that closet and started praying against fear and started praying against anxiety and started praying against all of those things. And God and her cat are her witness. She said she heard a loud sound in the back of the house. And when she got up, the revelation came from her that the spirit of fear that had been housed in that closet for years and years was kicked out at that moment. And she got in her closet and was able to pray in faith and able to touch God. And her prayer life has never changed. You know what that is? That's prevailing against the gates of hell with revelation of who Jesus is and revelation of just how powerful the keys to the kingdom of God are. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's all stand together. I feel like there's somebody in here this morning. You've just kind of learned to deal with it with a lot of things. And sometimes I am that way too. You know, whenever a flashing light comes on my dash, a lot of you pull over right then and there to the body shop. Me, I have the idea that my car is just going to fix itself and I'm just going to keep on driving. <laughs> That's a New Year's resolution. Pay attention to the warning signs. You know what? A lot of us deal with so much that we shouldn't deal with. And a lot of us have to put up with so many things from the enemy that we shouldn't have to put up with. 
And what Jesus is saying here is if you are not afraid to fight, you'll win. If you are not afraid to pray, you'll win. If you're not afraid to have faith and to believe God for everything and to believe God for all things and truly without a doubt believe in this message and believe in this doctrine, amen, the gates of hell will fall down all around you, all around your family. You'll start to see peace in your home like never before, peace in your family, peace on your job, amen, if you will but trust what Jesus said, that the gates of hell will not prevail. You can win with revelation. You can win with the keys of heaven. Amen. Your salvation is a power. Hallelujah. Your consecration is a power. These things that pastor has been teaching us these last 40 days, it's not just good sermon material. It's not just it's in January. We're doing all this. Oh, no. This is meant to equip and empower the church of the living God for you to walk out of here and say, I walked out of here with a W from the Lord Jesus Christ. I walked out of here. Amen. With the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. God is for you, church. He is with you, church. I wonder if there's anybody here right now that just wants to walk out of here feeling the power. Amen. That you are on top of it all. Amen. I wonder right now, amen, if you'd raise your hands and just say, Jesus, you are my Lord. You are Messiah. And it's not by my own power. It's not by my own will, but it is you, almighty God. Lord, I'm struggling. Lord, I need a breakthrough in my life. And I can't break it through on my own, Lord, but I can do it through you. Amen. If God is speaking to you today, if this word is resonating with you today, if you're wanting, amen, to feel the power of the living God, I invite you right now to join me at this altar, amen, and pray for it. Hallelujah. Some of you need a breakthrough, amen. Some of you, amen, need some walls to come down in your life and in your soul. Hallelujah. Amen. You can do it with Jesus. If you'll lean on him and trust on him and call out to him. Hallelujah. If you'll make your way, amen, to the front. Hallelujah. He's here. He's been with us. He's never left. He's always here. Hallelujah. Some of you, amen. You can't sing that song rightfully. You can't dance like the weight has been lifted because you still got a weight on you. Hallelujah. Will you come forward today, amen, and break the chains off of yourself? Hallelujah. Come on. Come against the gates of hell. Start talking to the gates of hell. Saying, gates of hell, I've got a greater gate. It's the gate of God. It's the gate of heaven. It's the gate of heaven. Heaven, come down right now on your people. Hallelujah. Something just shifted in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Right there. Amen. The gate of heaven is upon you now. Hallelujah. That's right. Doubt is leaving you now. And you're believing God. Hallelujah. Doubt is leaving right now. And you're believing God. Thank you for listening to this message. For more content, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at the Life Church KC. Reference the episode notes for more details.